Welcome to Bugs and Beards, the podcast home for everything fly fishing and fly tying. Kick back as we sit down and talk with some of your favorite fly tires and fishermen while we discuss with them the tips and techniques they've learned on the river and behind the vice so that you can use those lessons learned to make your time more effective. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Bugs and Beard Podcast. Today it's just me and Pat here in the studio. Uh, no guests with us today. We're just going to do something different than we're used to doing. Um, we're going to have a discussion on some simple topics, just nice little short uh, podcast that we can throw out there for you guys to get you thinking. You know, we're going to try to come up with some topics that are common fly fishing things that, uh, you know, we all deal with and just, how do you want to say it, Pat? We're just trying to cover all the bases in fly fishing. Yeah, because there's a lot of flies and a lot of equipment out there. And you can definitely get sucked into it. Into oh, yeah. The market. No doubt. There's a lot of things that are made for fishermen, and then there's things that are made for fish, as we say with fly tying. Some flies you tie for fly, for fish, and some you tie for the fly fishermen. And uh, so we're going to try, in some of these shows, we're going to try to help you sort through some of that stuff. For the first one of these shows, we're going to discuss our five favorite flies, and we each sit down here and uh, made a list and of the five favorite flies. If we was to only have five flies in our box, which five would they be? And uh, I'm just peeking over at yours, and there's a lot of the same ones on there. Because <laughs> we fish the same area. So uh, why, why don't you start with your first, number one? I would definitely have to go with the waltz worm. Sexy waltz, waltz worm. We're from Pennsylvania. But I know no matter where you go in the United States, you will catch fish on that fly. No doubt. That's actually my number one, too. My number one was the waltz worm. Uh, I have a box completely full of nothing but waltz worms, just in different colors. And a lot of times that's all I fish is one single waltz worm or under a dropper, you know, a size 16 with a 2.8 bead or something under a dropper. And I just change the color to, to the condition. So... Waltz worm would have to be top in my box. It can just catch us fish. It does. It catches a ton of fish. I mean, no matter what the situation, and like you said, different colors. I've even fished one this year that was purple. It's purple ice tub, and I did really well on it, mainly in deeper water, but, I mean, it covers all your bases. Oh, it does. There's some, it, it's actually, the thinner you tie it, the better. Yep. And the buggier. The thinner and buggier it is, the better it fishes. And uh, that's one thing when I started tying, I used to tie them too thick. And boy, now now I'm down to just barely enough dubbing to cover the thread. And I, I tie most of them, honestly, I tie them mostly as a sexy welt. So yeah. I guess if you would have to be specific, I would say sexy welt over welt. A little bit of flash. Yeah, I, I like, I actually like to throw a little colored uh utc wire on mine so and sometimes i will throw a, a piece of like crystal flash or something on there but you know five six fish and you're you got a strand of crystal flash but it's very good for us even though we're not beginners even when i take beginners out fishing for the first time that is one fly that no matter where you go what type of water even if you're fishing for trout small mouth large mouth bluegills 
it will catch fish. Yeah, tie it. And, and uh, the other thing is you tie it from, you know, size 20 to 10. Oh, my, yeah. Any size. You know, even a size 10 waltz worm represents a crane fly. Yeah. It, it just represents so many different things. That's why it's such a productive fly. Could almost imitate a Helgramite. Oh, yeah, tie it dark. Tie they kind of. Yeah. I mean, them and a crane fly larvae, water, water worm. Yeah. Almost look identical. Kind of, yeah. So, yeah, I, I never even thought of that. But, but definitely, you know, tie them in different colors. Have a whole selection of colors in your box because, uh, for instance, if it's a little bit of clouded water, I'm fishing a dark one. Yeah. I've got a black one or some, you know, some really dark shade on in dark water. If there's olives in the air, I have an olive on. Yep, I just, a good color. Olive's a great color. Been fishing a lot of... Uh, a light brown mustard dish color lately and doing really well on that here here in the summertime with a mustard colored one so you know have a selection in your box and change up the material too i love using slf squirrel dubbing that's my favorite thing for them i pretty much time in all the different colors of that so i hardly ever use hair's ear <laughs> yeah i hardly ever use hair's ear the original waltz worm Tied by Walt Young, which is actually from, you know, a couple miles up the road from our house here. He calls for uh, hairline, hair's ear plus number one, I think. But it's a, it's a little bit of hair's ear. It's a hair's ear Antron blend. And uh, I've gotten away from that. I, I like the spiky squirrel dub. Yes. Way too much. Yes. I, I like the squirrel dub over the hair's ear much better. Yeah. A little bit buggier. Yeah, I, I, I'd love, like... I've kind of gotten away from hair's ear almost altogether. Yeah. There's a couple colors that it's good in, but for the most part, it's SLF for me. All right, let's get to number two. What's your number two? France fly. Okay, I'll admit I put that down at number four. Ooh. But it's on my list. It's because I fish yep. worms so religiously. So we'll, we'll just dive into France flies because we both had it on our list here, so... I like France flies, olive, black, brown, I mean, just about any color you can tie. I like them because they're fast and easy, they're thin, they get to the bottom, and they're almost indestructible. Yeah, and the other thing, the main reason I like to tie them a lot is uh, color variations. Oh, yeah. Like, it's very easy to vary your color, just like the waltz worms. Um, you know, we have a saying... All the time, the competition guy's thin as in. Well, a France fly is a thin fly. You want to be as minimal with your thread as you can. Cover it up with the stretch tubing, the smallest stretch tubing you can, that you feel comfortable using. And just a tiny touch of dub right behind the bead there. So it's a simple fly to tie and uh, keep it thin and you're going to catch fish. And again, it's it was originally, I think, the original colors was pretty much to, for a blue-winged olive. And uh, but it catches fish even well around our area. The blue winged olives are yeah pretty much you know what over half of the year. No doubt. Yeah. So so the blue winged olive pattern is a good one to have in your box anytime. But I even started now. I'm putting uh, and by the time this video or by the time this podcast out, my video will be up for it. Been putting a hot spot on the butt of it and uh, putting a hot spot little orange hot spot and then putting my brown or olive thread above it and covering it up 
with my dubbing. So just trying something different. That's one of the things that I always stress. I stressed it in that video and I try to stress it as often as I can. Play around and have fun tying. Tying's all about having fun and learning to fish and fish are stupid. Hmm. You know, we try to overthink fish and putting a little orange tag on the end could be just what you need to trigger that one fish that day. So try something stupid that you don't think, think outside the box. I always say think outside the box, but you have to remember it's still a box. Well, even just changing the color of the thread yeah. underneath the particular tubing that you're using, it doesn't have to be just clear. Yeah. It could be brown with fire orange thread and fluorescent orange. I mean, you can really change up some of your colors now, like with olive. Sometimes I'll tie them with olive thread. Sometimes I'll tie them with white because I think the white pops the color of the tubing just a little bit more. Right. I like amber, too. Oh, yeah. I, I like to use amber tubing and, and all my stoneflies, too. And, uh, you know, use amber tubing and you can get a couple different shades out of that, depending on what you put under it. Orange, yellow, brown. So amber is a great color to mix. I like black. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't fished a black much. I don't, I don't know why. I know it works because black works for everything else, but well, that in the right conditions. This year in the shop... Peacock. Peacock uh, was a new color. Yeah. Peacock did pretty well this spring. Mm. Not too bad. Kind of like you, I've been playing with the hot spot for about a month now, and I think you're trying to make something better. I can't say that I've caught more fish on it, but like you, there's days where maybe just that one little thing is going to make a difference. Oh, and, and, you know, in pressured water, everybody fishes the fans fly around our area. If you're, if you're a Euro nymphor, you most likely have multiple fans flies in your box. But how many of those fans flies are going to have hot spots on them? That is true. So, you know, it might be just that one little tiny thing that triggers that fish to cause it to bite. So Something different. Yeah, something different. Something it, different. We say it all the time, and I'll get to, I was going to say something else, but I'm going to get to it off one of my flies on my list here. So I'm going to put my number two fly out now, since you shared your number two as the France fly. My number two is Partridge and Flash. Mm. I, I had, to, I'm trying to be diverse on my, on my list here. I'm trying to come up with, uh, I didn't want it to be all Euronymph flies, even though I, you know, 90% of the time Euronymph fly fly fish I should say but uh, I wanted to put partridge and flash on there as my number two because that catches fish in any hatch it doesn't matter what the hatch is it it's a trigger and I will I will say yeah what? I have fished that in the winter yeah and caught fish on that pattern yeah it's a wet fly pattern if I didn't say I love to swing wet flies that's why the way I was raised to fish so you know wet flies hold a special place in my heart and uh, that's probably one of the most productive wet fly patterns with, doesn't imitate anything at all, but man, does it ever catch fish. So I'd have to have that one in my box. Well, that's a good one. When you taught me how to wet fly fish a few years ago, that was one of the patterns that we fished that day mm -hmm. and caught a pile of fish. Kind of got addicted to that and it was a lot of fun. And when I left that day, I got into tying some wets. 
I mainly, I fish a lot of wets when I'm into that. and But I basically narrowed it down to, I have two in my box. And then that is the Partridge and Flash. And one from Tim Camisa is uh, Hotspot Spider. Mm-hmm. Those two there, when I put them on, I can go all day. Yeah, the, it's funny you say that. Uh, Jack that taught me how to fly fish. He's an old wet fly guy. That's all he likes to fish. He had two two patterns. He actually had three. It, his box was full of three flies, just in different sizes. One was a uh, gray hackle partridge, a hare's ear wet, and a gray hackle peacock. And uh, did I say gray hackle red? Yeah, gray hackle red. Yeah. And gray hackle red was his version of the partridge in flash. <laughs> A red fly with gray wings matches nothing at all, but it's it's an attractor fly. It catches fish, so the attractor flies are great fish catching flies. So that's my number two on the list. Well, you can even squeeze that into your your nymphing. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's not a nymph; it's a wet fly. But I have put that on my tag. Put it on your dropper above my point yep. fly, and caught piles and piles of fish off that. Pile. Oh, no doubt, because it's it's already. It's already suspended in the water column, and then as it come, if you finish your drift off, it's going right to the top, just like swinging. a wet fly. So swinging. So it's a great, it's great to have on you, even if you are you're an infant, like you said. All right, what's your number three? Number three is, I put down an olive pertagon, but I got into fishing pertagons pretty heavy this spring, and I fished a lot of olive. I fished purple ones black uh, i fished a lot of colors olive is probably my go-to i just was over trough creek the other week and that kind of summed up the day right there we did a lot of switching a lot of playing and it basically that's what it boiled down to olive pertagons i haven't fit i have a whole bunch in my box but i don't fish them as much as i should i usually start out with the waltz worms just keep going through the kellers till I figure it out with the waltz worms, and that's usually like, I never get past it. Usually, I'm catching something on a waltz worm. <laughs> See, that's how I am with the pertagons. I, I wanted to try them this year because they, they kind of get you down really quick. They do right on the bottom. Yep. I found a lot of patterns that I liked, and I did. I fished them before, but this year I wanted to hone in, and I actually found one a purple. It was uh, Casey Dunnigan ties it, flies and ties, and uh, it's called a spring chicken, and it's something he came up with. It has a purple to red body, uh, green glow bright rib, and a purple wing case. Hmm. It's kind of crazy, but man, did it catch fish. Mm -hmm. Like I said, just like the hot spot, the crazy colors catch fish because it's something it. they don't see. I, I agree a Pertagon should be on my list probably, but I don't know. I just, I like Pertagons and I do fish them. And especially, it's a, kind of surprising I haven't fished them more because I used to always fish Tandem urine if rig. And I've switched recently to a single rig. And I've been fishing a lot of single, single flies. And a Pertagon will get that you down instantly. Right in your, yeah, yeah it, that's that's a great fly 
because it gets to the bottom quickly with you know you have to have the right leader set up to do it if you have the right leader set up and that thing sinks like a rock so, leader set up that'll be another show that'll definitely have <laughs> to be another show so we might need some other people on that one. Oh man the list could go on from there yeah and that the leader set up boy that's that might be a four or five shows till you. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, let's get off of leaders because we could go down bunny yeah, trails forever. Time. All right, I'm going to give you my number three. My number three was the CDC Caddis. So that's what I put on there for my dry fly to, to be a little bit diverse. Our area is probably more Caddis than anything. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. We have a lot of great mayfly hatches. Oh, yeah. But caddises come up year-round oh, in our area. tons of caddis. Yeah. So, you you know, a, a tan caddis will last for a couple months around here. Yeah. So, if I'm going to have any dry fly and feel safe about it, I would say a, a caddis. And I've been into the CDC here, kick here lately since we got some good products like our high and dry, the gel. That, that thing floats like a cork when you know how to put it on. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. I really enjoy the high and dry. I'll add that <clears throat> that was my number five pick was a CDC Caddis. It's a great dry dropper, and we've been into the dry droppers. So. Man, they float like a cork, especially yeah. with that gel, that new high and dry gel. It's here in the shop. It is yeah. fantastic stuff. The pattern itself. Just a little extra, and I went out and caught fish on the dry, first cast, second cast, and the nymph, you know, when they start taking it, but at first you're like, well, if they're going to hit this dry, how long is this going to sink? Or float? Yeah. Now it's going to start to sink. And you're into it three hours later, and you haven't reapplied nothing. Yeah. So, I mean... That is good stuff. Yeah, I've been really impressed with the high and dry, the gel. Um, yeah, we've been fishing it. We were fishing on one of the headwaters of uh, one of the really good streams here in our area, fishing for the wild wild browns and native brookies and stuff. And my buddy, it was funny, We saw I saw you had commented on a post here today or yesterday on uh, what, what floating to use. And the guy was saying about using gink. And my buddy put gink on his CDC, and it just sunk like a rock. Well, it didn't sink, but what it did do was made him a really nice wet fly, and he started slamming me on that CDC sunken. The I was calling it the drunken drunken caddis. Yeah, but it kind of yeah, it'll turn your CDC like into a wet fly. It, it's not very good for CDC. No, it's not good at all. It's not meant for it. I mean, there's a lot of products out there, desiccant wise I, I don't mention any names they're good stuff but you have to constantly reapply them right and with the gel it's like one and done yep yeah yeah you might have you catch a fish powder it up with some desiccant and get back yep. to fishing and, and, and it's good to good. go yep but all right enough on that so my number four was france fly so what's your number four frenchy frenchies okay I, I can agree with that one because there's a lot of variation. I mean, not variation, but color variations in it. So anything with a color variation, I'm I'm in on. I don't even use ice dub behind for the collar anymore, right behind the bead for the thorax. Okay. 
anymore. I just bring the pheasant tail up and I use a hot colored thread. Yeah. Fire hot orange, yep. fluorescent orange. It's simpler. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're listening to this and you're catching it. Everything we have listed so far is like a two minute tie. No doubt. So I think. Quick and easy. Yeah. One of the things we say about waltz worms, I have a box full of them. If I go fishing in a day, I'm going to lose them. <laughs> and I don't care about losing them if I can tie them in two minutes when I come home. So, well, I mean, I do care, but I'm not going to jump in after them like a, one of my 15-minute stone flies. I'm not going to wade in there. Yeah. No doubt. So, yeah, I, li I like that one. I, you know, we got a good selection of pheasant tails here to shop too. So, and I have them at home where I can be pretty creative with my colors and stuff. So, but... I, I don't know. That's one that I never really got into. I fish a little bit, but now Colton, my son, uh, Chase gave him a couple red ones that he didn't like. And I don't know why Chase didn't like them, but Colton has been hammering the fish on these red ones that Chase goes, here, I don't like these, just take them. And that happens. Yeah. If you get into your box and you're like, I don't like these, they don't work for me, and you give them to somebody else... 90% of the time, they're going to hammer fish on them. Yeah. And you're just like, what are you using? All them flies you gave me. And you're like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, Col I mean, it happens. Colton's been doing good every time. We'll, we'll go out fishing, and if he sees me start to catch fish, and he's not catching something, that's usually what he throws on. <laughs> that's his go-to whenever, whenever. I like muskrat gray. Muskrat gray is. Yeah, that is a good I popular color. color. Yep. Yeah. But there's, I mean, there's a pile of colors out there. Yes. Some, somebody just told me about fishing purple. She's like, you got to give purple a try. She uh, said it works for me. And I'd I believe like, it. Mm, purple. Why not? Yeah. And the, the great thing about it is, is it keeps the profile just like the Pertagon. I mean, it's simple to tie and it, it kind of forces you to tie it right. Tie the fly the way it should be. A nice, thin, tapered silhouette. So... I always, you know, these flies we're naming waltz worms, um, France fly, pertagons, they all fit into a mayfly nymph profile. So when you look at these flies, I always tell people, you know, the pertagon might not look like anything. You know, you think, why in the world would that catch fish? But if you take a rock, lift a rock up, and turn it over and see the mayflies scurrying around underneath it, and you stick one of them pertagons right beside it, you're going to see it's the exact same profile. Okay, now, time for the last fly. And I think we covered all of yours in either mine yep. or yours already. Yep, yes we did. Okay, so my last fly on the list would be an ecstasy egg. Ecstasy egg just because it's the simplest egg you can tie. And an egg because if you're fishing any kind of stocked water with rainbow trout in it, you're going to catch fish on it no matter what time of the year it is. I cannot say enough about ecstasy. Yeah. But this year, it was kind of weird. Last year, I could, I mean, we chucked eggs to sea almost all year, caught fish. If they weren't hitting bugs, you could put that on and catch fish. Yeah. This year, the first day came, things were really, really slow that morning. Bugs started pouring off that afternoon, and I really haven't went back to chucking eggs since the first morning. Yeah, I haven't either. I have, I have hardly fished eggs at all this year, to be honest, but... It's also, you know, it's a great steelhead pattern. Oh, yeah. 
So, I mean, it's just, it has wide a wide variety of uses, so that's why I, I said the egg. But ecstasy, literally, you tie, it's a chenille, you tie it on the hook, you make three, four wraps at the most, tie it off and you're done, and there's no trimming, no nothing, and the thing just catches fish like crazy. And and the funny thing is, is the, the colors, it comes in a whole lot of different colors, like 14, 15 different colors, yeah. whatever, but red i don't know why but red catches fish i don't it's one of those ones that it's my go-to whenever if i am into the eggs and i'm catching fish on eggs and they stop biting you throw a red one on and you're gonna catch a fish really quickly now see this year i i still i don't even think i have ever fished the red the tomato either yeah we call I it the do, tomato yeah. yeah i mean it's I kind of, yeah, I have chucked it once or twice this year. I know I didn't, but my niece started getting in the nymphing, and this year she started egging. Yeah. Sweet corn. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a color I had. Didn't even tie any up for myself, and she started going through the box. She's like, this is what I want. And, man, she caught a pile of fish on that color. I will use that one early in the season on the stockies of sweet corn because I think it resembles corn to the fish. Oh, yeah. So, and, you know, I'll, I'll oftentimes, too, I'll cut a mop in half, and we've jokingly named it corn and mopu, but um, it works. Cutting a mop in half looks like a kernel of corn on the hook. But, yeah, I that is one color of it that I will use early season is the sweet corn, and I do real well on it. If I, in the, you know, if I have clients out, we're having a rough day, that's usually where you start if you go with an egg pattern. I don't know. I like pink salmon, peach, yeah, fluorescent cheese. Those are good ones, yep. But like you said, yeah, if you get into an area that's heavily fished and you throw oddball colors out there, you're going to catch them. Yep, yep. I don't, that's crazy. You wouldn't You wouldn't think a big bright red egg floating mm. down the creek would work, but it, it does. So. Well, that was, uh, we covered a couple flies there. We got more than just five. We had... A little bit of difference of opinion, so that was pretty good. Pretty close. Yeah, we're we're pretty much peas in the pod when we're on the creek. So, but uh, that was a good topic. I like that one. We're gonna have to come up with some more topics like this one and uh, hash it out. Maybe sometime we'll disagree on something. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't have a stonefly on there. Well, I tell you what, I, stonefly was really close to on my list. And the reason why I was gonna put it on the list, it come down to stonefly and ecstasy. And my thought was, stonefly should be on the list because I catch smallmouth on it and I catch trout on it. And it's my one of my go-to flies. But what I've been finding myself lately is I just keep getting smaller and smaller. Even my stoneflies have gotten smaller and smaller. But um, you know, I'm tying 16 and 18 waltz worms, and that's pretty much what I fish a lot. So I've kind of gotten away from it. It's, you know, it's what I tie at shows. It's what I like to tie if I get bored with everything else. But for fishing-wise, I don't fish it as much because I've changed my I've changed my nymphing tactics. I always used to have a heavy anchor fly. Mm-hmm. Stonefly was always my heavy anchor fly. And then I would have, you know, my France fly or something like that off my dropper. Since I've gotten away from that, you know, lightened up my tippet and, you know, learned the, the ins and outs of leaders and stuff like that, kind of gotten away from the stonefly a lot. 
I don't think I really played around with it much this year. One day, one day I run into Tim Camaso on the creek, and it was kind of funny. He was at the top of the hole. He had about an hour to fish. I was at the bottom. When we met in the center, he's like, what do you got on? And last year, he was out, and we were fishing the turds then. Mm-hmm. And he had a specific color and legs, and he gave me one, and, man, we caught a pile of fish that day. So when we kind of got to the middle, we both kind of laughed because that's what we had on. Oh, yeah? <laughs> but, I mean, I like you, I kind of I went smaller on my flies. Now a point fly for me is a sixteen. Yeah. Yep. So, and in, in less water conditions call for something different. Yep. You know, but r- right now you know we're getting into the heat of summer here and stuff like that. So everything is going to continue to go smaller yeah, and smaller. Except when we hit the small smallmouth water here soon, then the stoneflies mm-hmm. will be right back out. But so yeah, stonefly is one. It, it, it's a crazy fly. The stream that flows in front of the shop here does not hold stoneflies in it. The water quality is not good enough. It, you know, I'm 44 years old. I've played in that creek since I was old enough to walk. My grand, the place where the shop is, my grandmother's home, my great grandmother's home place here, and uh, you know, I've been in that creek all my life, and I have never seen a stonefly in that stream. But I will catch fish like crazy on a stonefly hmm. out, out of there. It. You know, if I'm fishing, if I'm in the mood to fish it and, and, and have every intention of catching them on it, I'll, I'll catch fish like crazy on a stonefly. And those trout have never seen a stonefly in that creek, I can guarantee it to you. Yeah, <laughs> they're hungry and a stonefly is a natural looking fly. So, yeah. so stonefly is a great fly anywhere. Yeah, you could actually put that on your list. Yeah. I mean, right here where we're located in central, south central PA. You could fish at just about anywhere. Yep, I, I totally agree with that. We'll make that five um, B. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole uh, podcast on stoneflies. I probably could. Yeah, I have no a little, doubt. I have the a little addiction. Yeah, the evolution of Sean's uh, stoneflies. Yeah, I, I, hopefully here I'll get around to finish that up and get it in print, but. Anyhow, thanks everybody for joining us today, guys. We had a blast sitting down and discussing one of our favorite topics because we are tires, probably. I don't know if you'd say before fishermen, but pretty close. We like to a lot of time. Yeah, we like to tie as much as we like to fish. So this was a this was a topic that was you know hit home for us and we enjoyed discussing. So thanks for watching, or sorry, thanks for listening. We're listening here. I'm used to saying watching on my video channel. Anyhow. Make sure you subscribe to our channel for us. Get over, like our Bugs and Beards Facebook page um, discussion. If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss like this, um, shoot shoot us a message. You know, let us know what you guys are thinking. Let us know what you like to hear, and uh, we'll be back soon with some more guests for you. So thanks for listening, everybody. All right, see you next time. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Bugs and Beard Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by WholesalersFlyShop.com. Head on over to the website for all your fly fishing and fly tying needs. Plus, you can also find a link there to the Wholesalers Fly Shop YouTube channel. 
the channel is full of information with over 250 videos covering fly tying and fly fishing techniques geared towards making your time on the water more enjoyable. From all of us here at the Bugs and Beard Podcast, we hope you'll subscribe to our channel and tune in next week as we discuss the sport we love so well. Until next time, get out there on the water and tight lines.